Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Ryan Johnson with the VMware Communities Roundtable Podcast. We're here at VMworld 2015 Europe with Steve Flanders to talk about Log Insight 3.0. We're joined by Mike Foley, Kyle Gleed, as well as Brian Graff and Harry Smith. So Steve, if you can, uh, for the listeners, you've never been on the podcast, right? I have not, it's my first time. Oh, well, welcome to the podcast. Um, so tell folks, you know, our, new li- our listeners, what is it that you do at VMware? How long you been with us? So my name is Steve Flanders. I lead Log Insight's customer-oriented R&D group, or core group. And I serve as a subject matter expert on Log Insight. I've been with Log Insight before the 1.0 GA release. I actually didn't come from the acquisition, but I've been in the VMware EMC family for at least six years now. So most of my background is actually in operations. I run a lot of cloud services, Atmos Online, Cloud Foundry, things like that. So now okay. being on the engineering side of the house is actually new for me. I've been on the Log Insight team for at least two years now, but kind of getting the full DevOps experience. So you're actually out in the field, you're in engineering, you're in kind of the, the social media marketing space for everything Log Insight. Yeah, so Cord, Cord really owns customer experience for the Log Insight product. And so it puts us in an interesting spot because I get to do development work, I get to do QA work, I get to work with technical marketing in the fields, I get to talk to customers on a regular basis, so I really get a good feel for everything. I'm curious how you divide your time. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a little curious too. It's, uh, it can be challenging. For folks that are new to Log Insight and they don't know what it is, give us a little bit of background about what Log Insight is. Sure. So, so Log Insight is a log aggregation and analysis tool. So, if you're familiar with Syslog, that's a very common way of getting log messages today. That's an RFC standard. Uh, we support other means of getting log messages in as well. We have our own ingestion API, but really it allows you to aggregate logs from any device. It doesn't have to be VMware. It works for VMware, non-VMware, physical, virtual. Uh, your toaster, your washer, your dishwasher, whatever, it doesn't matter, right? Whatever generates log messages, as long as you can send it over the syslog protocol or through our ingestion API, Log Insight will go ahead and collect that for you. But on top of that, it provides a very powerful analytics engine. You can query over these logs, you can get alerts for these logs, we have deep machine learning algorithms that are learning your logs as they're being ingested. So it goes above and beyond just actually collecting them. It gives you the powerful to get meaningful insights out of them to do troubleshooting, root cause analysis, security, auditing, compliance, governance, whatever you really need to get power out of those logs. Um, Mike Foley's ears perked up when we said, did you have something to say, Mike? Yeah, so so Steve, um, most, most customers only send their syslogs to the security guy, never to be seen or heard from again. Sure. Why, the ether. <laughs> why, why is it um, that you're turning around and saying using logs from an operational standpoint? What's the benefit to the IT guy? And then does this take the security guy out of out of the loop? Yep. So there, there are many things here. I'd say that there are many different departments within an organization. I mean, even within an ops world, you have uh, your network, your systems, your storage groups. Uh, but then, of course, you have things like security, and they're their own department usually. They probably have their own log analysis tool. Uh, but I said that Log Insight can handle it as well. So what does that really mean? Well, the best way to think about it is when you're doing troubleshooting a root cause analysis, you really need logs from everywhere in your infrastructure. We call it a core sample. Sure, you could collect logs just from vSphere, and you can see your problems on vSphere. But the, prob- the, the, the missing piece is maybe the issue is on the network or on the storage. Uh, even from a security standpoint, you want to know who logs in, when, where, why, what they did, all of that. The information is readily available in logs. So whether you're an operations person, a development person, or in security, uh, you need to access different amounts of information and you need a central place that has all of this information. So Log Insight should really be the center of the universe for you. It should be aggregating logs from all devices everywhere so that you have a one-stop shop to do complete troubleshooting root cause analysis, everything like that. At the same time, if you have groups like the security team that have their own log analytics tool today, maybe they have uh, pre-built queries or reports or dashboards that they care about and they don't have an easy way of transitioning off of it, Log Insight can handle that too. Forward everything to Log Insight, 
And then we have something called event forwarding. Okay. It allows you to either entirely or selectively forward events to a remote destination. And that destination can support syslog or, or our ingestion API today. So looking at specific types of events that may come through and to take actionable results to forward those over to your security team mm -hmm. or another specific team. Right, so if you think of like Windows logs, they have different uh, ID numbers and some of those are security based. You could literally create an event forwarder rule that looks at specific IDs that are security based and only forward those to the security team. Now the security team could do their log analysis and log insight if they want, or they have the information in their third party tool and they can do it in the system that they're most comfortable with. Now could you send those send those events to say something like uh, vRealize Orchestrator and take an, uh, take an action? Right, so our alerting mechanism in Log Insights today supports uh, natively in the UI email notifications and VROps if you've integrated with VROps. Okay. Now from VROps you could kick off a workflow if you wanted. Uh, or from our CLI, we actually have a way, we have an alert.log file that you can parse and you can kick off anything via the Linux command line. So you could kick off a VRO workflow. Long term, we're looking to add more integrations for alerting. One of the native ones would be some sort of rest out that would support VRO. So where do you see folks getting started with Log Insight? Like, I mean, we've ever start talking about what's new in it, but where do you see most customers getting started uh, using it? In, in their environment. Today. So it's pretty common to start with vSphere. The reason for this is kind of twofold. One is, I mean, Log Insight is best for vSphere. We're internally here at VMware. We know the vSphere logs. We wrote the vSphere logs. Yeah. So we actually ship Log Insight with a vSphere content pack. It has deep analytics about ESX, ESXi, vCenter server. Not only that, but Log Insight has native vSphere integration. What we'll do is if you give us credentials to a vCenter server instance, we can collect events, tasks, and alarms from vCenter those events are actually stored in the vCenter server database. They're not in log files today. We'll actually pull them out via API calls and ingest them as though they are log messages and allow you to query over them. Not only that, but we can go through vCenter, we can find your hypervisors and we can configure them to send syslog to us so we have the hypervisor logs as well. If you have another means of doing that, maybe Power CLI, for example, or host profiles, you can continue doing it down that path. If not, you can use our integration to handle that. Now, one of the primary reasons why people will start with vSphere is because the hypervisor is very chatty. Uh, a typical ESXi host generates about 250 megabytes of syslog traffic a day. Uh, that's a lot. And when you have a large environment and you're trying to aggregate that amount of logs, you need a syslog tool that A, is affordable, but B, can scale to the needs of the hypervisor. Log Insight can do both. Okay. So you said affordable. What, what uh, makes Log Insight more affordable? So Log Insight actually charges per endpoint, so it's the client that generates the logs that's sending it to you. We don't care if it generates one megabyte or one gigabyte a day, you don't get penalized for that. And this is actually pretty important because when there's problems in your environment, the number of logs go up exponentially. So it's very common for other logging tools, you have to pay for the worst case scenario so that you can actually support the, the case of where logs are, are most valuable, troubleshooting and root cause analysis. Or pay, or pay, or pay per gigabyte. Or pay per gigabyte, <laughs> yep. And that can be hard. I mean, 250 megabytes, that assumes a healthy hypervisor. I've seen over a gigabyte for a single hypervisor when things are going really awry. So it's important that you can, again, that core sample I was talking about, you don't want to just filter out your error messages and send them to a logging tool because they'll tell you of problems, but you can't really do troubleshooting root cause analysis without the info messages as well. So we've, we've talked an awful lot about hypervisors and it's really great for vSphere, but what if I have a whole bunch of Windows systems and Linux systems? How do I get logs into those? Uh, so uh, Linux, clearly they support syslog natively. They either come with rsyslog or syslog ng. Uh, as it turns out, we actually have a log insight agent for Linux. And the benefits of that are we support the syslog RFC just like our syslog and syslog ng, but we also support our ingestion API, which goes above and beyond the RFC. Uh, we can do some pretty cool things. We natively support compression of events that are being sent. Uh, we have a bookmarking scheme, so we actually keep track of where we left off in the file, and we can make sure that we collect all the events. So this means if you have a disconnect between your client and your server, we don't actually lose those messages. We can pick up where we left off when that connectivity is restored. Uh, in the case of Windows, there is no native syslog support. Uh, no. Yeah. Really? It's, it's kind of kind of a problem. Now Windows is working on this. I hear 2012 maybe do something, or 2015 might do something about this. But um, we have a Windows agent as well, so you can install the Log Insight agent. The agent supports syslog and in our ingestion API, so you get a bunch of benefits. And our Windows agent not only will it collect file system logs, it also collects the Windows Event Viewer logs as well. So it, on a on a um, 
uh, VMware uh, vCenter server appliance, that's native syslog out, and I can get all the vCenter mm -hmm. stuff and everything else, but I, but everything in, on Windows is going into the Windows event log. So you're, what you're saying is I can install the agent and get all of the vCenter logs out of my Windows vCenter and sending it off the login site. Correct. That's the key bit. Uh, there's no real API for getting vCenter logs out. They're stored on the file system of the OS. So you need an agent on the OS to actually collect that information. In the case of Windows, it's the Windows <coughs> Event Viewer and file system logs. It's actually both that you care about. So but let's say I, I write my own special application. I write a, a you know a J2E or Java-based application, mm -hmm. and I'm going to use log Log4J to write a custom a, a custom log right mm -hmm. for my application. How do I get that into Log Insight? Yep. So there's a, there's a couple different ways available. Log4J supports natively syslog out. So you could just configure the Log4J appender to log via syslog to Log Insight. Uh, but again, you have to play by the rules of the syslog RFC in that case. Okay. So if you have a disconnect, you're probably going to lose those messages. Uh, you're not going to get the benefits of compression going over a WAN. So what we typically recommend is have your log4j appender, write the logs to a log file, and then use our log insight agent, either on Windows or on Linux, and have the agent actually send the logs to log insight for you. It doesn't matter what structure they're in. They can be syslog format. They could be CSV. They could be JSON. The format's irrelevant. We will read the log file and we will send it properly and will natively support multi-line messages for you. So most syslog agents don't support multi-line or don't support it very well. The log insight agent uh, made, uh, kept in mind the, the notion of multi-line messages. Like think of Java stack trace. Mm -hmm. The syslog RFC actually doesn't provide a way to, doesn't define a way to actually handle them. Uh, our log insight agent supports something called an event marker where you can tell us what a message looks like and that way we can bundle multiple lines as a single event within the log insight UI. How about high availability from an ingestion standpoint and other stuff? And maybe even first just starting with the basic architectures of, of log insight okay. and then moving into the, the ingestion, the HA. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so, so log insight oh, ships as an OVA today, right? So you can quickly and easily deploy these. Uh, it starts as a standalone server. If you want clustering, you deploy another OVA. Uh, and part of the bootstrapping process, it'll ask you if you want to join an existing cluster. So just by specifying uh, the, the master node in the cluster, you can join. And uh, as a benefit of having a cluster, you also get things like ingestion HA. So basically, uh, instead of sending traffic to an individual node, as soon as I built the cluster in Log Insight, we have something called an integrated load balancer. And you would just specify a, a VIP, a virtual IP address, and hit save and uh, we'll handle the load balancing for you. So you would point all of your traffic, both your ingestion traffic, so that could be syslog or the ingestion API, to the integrated load balancer, and your query traffic would also go to this integrated load balancer. Uh, this is kind of unique. Most syslog products that support clustering require an external load balancer. Uh, we actually found that that caused a lot of problems. Like ops, IT, virtual admins, they're usually the run ones that would run and deploy Log Insight. Uh, the network team usually handles the load balancer. <coughs> And so there can be time differences between getting the two teams to talk and make configuration changes. Okay. Uh, so we said, you know what, let's just make this easier on the admin. We'll have our own integrated load balancer. We'll handle that for you. And as soon as we've enabled the integrated load balancer and we've pointed to it, whether it is an agent uh, or a syslog, a syslog agent or a log insight agent, you get ingestion high availability. So that means I can lose any node in the cluster, doesn't matter. Ingestion will continue to function because the load balancer handles this for me. Even if the node that died was the one that was serving the VIP, that VIP will fail over and ingestion will continue as though nothing happened. Uh, in Log Insight 3.0, we actually introduced query high availability. You can lose any node in the cluster and you can continue to issue queries. So that means the UI continues to function. That means if you've saved user alerts, which are basically a query that run on a cron job, they'll continue to function. And not only do you have all of your events coming in, but everything you care about, the alerts, the query capabilities, the troubleshooting, the root cause analysis, all that is provided by, by, uh, by Log Insight out of the box. So you and I talked uh, a while back about how, how easy it is to, to deploy, to install, and configure either manually or, or automatically. Mm -hmm. With everything that you guys have focused on of, of ease of use, we know that some of our products are a little more difficult or complex to install. Have you heard anything from customers as far as how easy it is to use and, and to, after it's already set up, to start actually being able to make sense of these logs? Right. So I'd say most customers, unless you're in a really complex setup, most people are deploying, configured, and they're up and running with Log Insight in 15 minutes or less, like really that quickly. Uh, once you deploy the OVA and you fire it up, there's a quick UI you go through, set an admin password, enter your NTP servers, and you're pretty much good to go, right? 
Um, then you just point your traffic to it. So you set your syslog targets. Now you could use vSphere integration to do that. You can set it manually yourself. Um, but once you have logs coming in, it, it, the query capability is there out of the box. I don't have to wait a day, a week, a month. The data is coming in. Uh, Log Insight has the notion of content packs. They're basically plugins into the UI, and they provide deep analytics for specific subsets of events. So I mentioned vSphere. We have the vSphere content pack. So if I was forwarding vSphere events into a new Log Insight cluster or instance, uh, I could literally go to the problems dashboard, and as soon as the first problem hit, the dashboard would populate. So I can get real-time analysis of whether my environment is healthy or not as soon as I stood up and deployed and uh, forwarded my events. So we're finding that customers are getting real-time results out of this product. They find it very simple and easy to deploy. There is the capability of automating the deployment if you desire, or you can do it by hand. Again, it doesn't take very much time or effort. Um, and we don't have to wait like a time limit. Like literally, you can find your first problem within 15 minutes. So, so then as far as you were talking about content packs, are there content packs that are out there on the marketplace or that are free? How hard is it to make your own custom one? Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, so uh, out of the box, we ship with what we call the general content pack, which applies to any events coming into your Log Insight instance, and the vSphere content pack. Now, we have uh, a marketplace where we have a marketplace on Solution Exchange, uh, or we actually have a marketplace directly within the UI of Log Insight. So you can go to the content packs page, you can select the marketplace icon, and you'll see all the content packs that are readily available. All of those content packs are free. All you have to do is find the one that you care about and click the install button. Once you click install, you're pretty much good to go. You have to forward your events in to make it work, of course, but the content pack is literally a one-click operation. In LogInsight 3.0, we have directions for these content packs. So when you hit the install button, it'll tell you how to get events in. What are the requirements of this content pack to make it function? And then very quickly and easily, you can find problems. And these content packs really, they, they go across the board. We have uh, VMware specific ones, so VRA, VROps, um, a few others, Vue, vCloud Director, vSphere. Uh, we support uh, Linux and Windows. We have content packs for Active Directory, for SQL, for .NET, for Exchange, uh, different applications, so Puppet, HITRUST, uh, all sorts of, of different use cases. And again, as long as you get your logs in, everything is possible. It doesn't matter if it's security or application or, or um, uh, VMware specific, all of that is supported out of the box. So let's talk about some features <laughs> and capabilities in Log Insight 3.0. I know there's some enhancements on scale, the agents, you mentioned Query HA. Um, let's also talk about upgrades. So tell us all about what's new in the 3.0 release. Sure, so we touched on a few of them. We have Query High Availability. We touched on that one recently, so we can lose any node in the cluster and queries continue to function. Um, one of the big things is actually around scale. We doubled the size of, of everything, the ingestion rate, the amount of retention, and the number of nodes in the cluster. So just by upgrading from 2.5 to 3.0, you get double the performance across the board with the same exact resources, which is really nice. So right now we support a 12-node cluster. Uh, a large node can handle about 15,000 events per second, which means our clusters can easily support around three terabytes a day of logs. Um, uh, this, this should meet the majority of use cases. Of course, there are some enterprise customers that have more than that, but uh, it's equivalent to, what, like 10,000 hypervisors plus? Uh, or even the virtual machines, we can support 100,000 virtual machines because they log a lot less than the actual hypervisors themselves. Now, is there a way to archive? Sure, sure. So we have retention locally, which is where you're going to query your events and get real-time analytics, but we do support archiving as well for those use cases. We have NFS and HDFS support uh, natively out of the box, and this allows you to, to meet, like, for example, security requirements, whether you have to keep logs for 7 to 10 years. You probably want to archive that. There's no reason to have it locally on your log. Keep your auditors happy. Got to keep those. You got to keep yeah. them, though. Yes, it's very, very important. Um, so scale was a was a big, a big focus for us in 3.0. Uh, also, we wanted to make the upgrade experience better. I talked about the integrated load balancer to improve usability of the product. Well, we did the same thing with upgrade. What we found is uh, there are some requirements to make upgrade work. So we added some validation checks, and we make sure the system is healthy and ready to go before we perform an upgrade. This minimizes the risk of there being any problems with the environment before or after the upgrade operation. Not only that, but if you're running a cluster, let's say I'm running a six node cluster, uh, previously you'd have to upgrade the master node and then put a worker into maintenance mode. You'd have to upgrade it and you have to take it out of maintenance mode. And you repeat that operation for every single node. While it was pretty easy, it could be time consuming for an administrator. And we wanted to make that a better experience. So we now support rolling upgrade. 
you upgrade the master, and assuming that is successful, the validations check out, we will upgrade the workers for you, basically perform those operations of maintenance mode, upgrade out of maintenance mode for you automatically. And if there's a problem, we'll notify you and say, hey, something, something didn't work here, you probably have to come take a look. So this really makes the, the usability, the administration of the product even easier for people. Uh, in the UI, we're always looking to enhance and provide additional capabilities. So for example, you could share URLs. Uh, those URLs used to be really, really long. So when you pasted them into an email or, or maybe into a, a platform like Socialcast, um, those uh, URLs weren't very user-friendly. Uh, now we have short URLs that are actually stored in Log Insight and retained for uh, 30 days. And so you can quickly and easily reference back into the query that you were looking at, both the visualization as well as the messages. We keep the time range, we keep your filters, your aggregations, your groupings, whatever your query was that's saved in this short URL for you. On the interactive analytics page, there are a ton of important changes. We have multi-charts, you might also hear them called overlay charts. We can do two aggregation functions in the same visualization. So it looks like you have two queries, because you really do, and you can compare two different types of uh, events. Like maybe I want to look at min and max at the same time. I can do that now. Maybe I want to overlay uh, the number of host names versus the number of errors. I can do that now. Um, this is really powerful for when you're troubleshooting and you need to correlate two pieces of information at the same time. In terms of machine learning, we made changes to both the event types and event trends. So I mentioned that Log Insight's learning your logs as they come in. For those of you not familiar with Log Insight, event types uh, consists of two parts. One is we're looking at your events as they come in, and most of the events follow a known format like timestamp, hostname, app name, some message. Now if you actually look at the messages, it's possible that only a small piece of information changes. Like maybe I have a SCSI latency log message and the number, the latency number, changes between my events. The rest of the event is identical. Right. Well, that means that they're kind of the same event. We call that summarization or clustering. We can actually tell you on the event types tab what the noisiest event is and what the least noisy event is. This is powerful from a troubleshooting and root cause analysis perspective because it tells you where to look, where your pain points might be. You're finding the signal in the, in the noise. That's yeah. correct, yeah. Uh, not only that, but those, those variables that change, like maybe the SCSI latency number, we call that schema discovery. We actually make that a field for you, and we can show you visualizations on that field, you can query on that field. It's learned automatically by Log Insight. But then we take it to the next step, and we add something called event trends. Event trends looks at event types over different time periods. So we can not only tell you, like, in the last hour, you had this message that happened 100 million times, but in the previous hour, it didn't happen 100 million times, it happened once. Well, that means that you have a huge increase in this event type. We show you that. The increases, the same, and the decreases. So this can tell you what changed in your environment and help pinpoint where you need to focus your efforts for troubleshooting and root cause analysis. Well, in Log Insight 3.0, we said, how can we make both event types and event trends more powerful? So for event types, what we did is we added uh, highlighting and colorization to them. So if you're on the events tab, which shows you your actual messages coming in, the problem with that is you couldn't see event types in context. You couldn't see them as they were actually coming into your system. With colorization now, you can actually see the event types in context, both in the view in context as well as the event tabs. And so now you can actually see real time what happened before something else and if there's a difference between those event types. Again, helping you with troubleshooting and root cause analysis. For event trends, we took it a step further and we said, well, it's really cool that I can look at the last hour and compare that to the previous hour, but what if I have a more complex use case? Let's take backups as an example. Every day from three to four o'clock in the morning, I run a backup job. Yesterday it failed. I wanna know why it failed yesterday, but it didn't fail the day before. <coughs> I couldn't answer that question with event trends because I could look at three to four yesterday, but then I looked at, at two to three. Well, from two to three, I wasn't running a backup. I run it from three to four. So we added this time range option in 3.0 to event trends, and it says, look at the time range for this day and look at the same time range in the previous day. So now I have a flexibility in defining when I wanna look at, look at and compare event trends, and now I can answer the question, what changed in this backup window that wasn't in the previous backup window? So these time ranges are very flexible. The final thing in the UI, we have a new snapshots feature. Uh, one thing we learned is that customers don't really wanna do context switching. There are only two main pages in Log Insight. Dashboards, which gives you visualization of your results, and interactive analytics, which allows you to query and construct these queries and save these queries for future use. 
while we had favorites in interactive analytics, they were text-based. They were basically a title. People wanted visualizations. They wanted to basically see dashboards in interactive analytics. So we introduced something called snapshotting. It's basically favorites, but visual. So now I can construct my query and I can say snapshot, and it will save it to the bottom of the URL bar. And now I can construct a new query and say snapshot, and now I have both visualizations. I can navigate these visualizations, click on them to go back, I can change the order, I can then save them all off to a dashboard, making it quickly and easily uh, available uh, for me as a, a troubleshooter or root cause analysis finder. Now, uh, Brian has asked how to actually construct content packs. Uh, I, I basically just answered that question. Just construct queries. There's no proprietary SDK. There's no like proprietary query language to learn. If you can construct queries and save them, that is a content pack. The only missing piece is you then have to go export it. You hit the export button and everything that you saved automatically becomes a content pack. So really one of the goals is usability and ease of use in Log Insight. If you can use the product, you can build a content pack, which means anyone can build a content pack. So I mean, as I mentioned, the, the marketplace has a ton of different content packs available today. Uh, if you want to see another one, you can actually build it yourself if you have your own logs. Uh, or you can get the community involved and a lot of other people participate in this as well. You mentioned the community. Can you tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Login site community? Sure. So, of course, we had the VMware community site, which all VMware products have, and that's more of a troubleshooting question and answer page. Uh, but one thing that's unique to Login site is we have this expert community. It's available at loginsight.vmware.com. Pretty easy URL to remember. Uh, once you register for this page, uh, you can actually vote for and request features for the product. Uh, we're actually listening. We want to hear how you're trying to leverage the product and what you're looking for. And so you can actually see the most popular uh, feature requests on that page. And you're going to see that we prioritize them and get them into the product as quickly as possible. So we really are listening to what people are trying to do. Uh, not only that, but if you're under NDA and you join that community, you can actually join our tech preview program. Another thing that's kind of unique for Log Insight, uh, to date we've shipped a GA twice a year. So we're on basically on a six month cadence. But we actually release technical previews every four to six weeks or so, about every month. And so you can quickly get access to the latest and greatest features that'll be likely available for the next GA uh, quickly. You can test this in your lab, uh, or you can uh, talk about getting involved into our, our core customer program uh, where you can actually run these uh, tech previews any way that you'd like and get support for them. So we offer a variety of different ways of getting access. Uh, our community is very, very active. Uh, we're always looking for feedback and, and learning to, to learn how you'd like to use the product. What about just getting started? Uh, if you, you want to get started with Log Insight, how do you start with an evaluation? Uh, so you can just go to the Log Insight product page on VMware.com and there's an eval available there, a free 60-day, like most products for VMware, it's available up there. Uh, also, as part of the tech preview program, those are freely available versions, so you can choose to take one of those and, and take it for a spin. Uh, those are, I think, 90 days? I'm pretty sure those are, those are uh, quarter-based license uh, versions. So a lot of uh, available versions there. If you have questions, definitely join loginsight.vmware.com. You can ask them there or post them on the VMware communities. We're actively looking. Uh, we also have a Twitter handle that's very active, VM Log Insight. What about any best practices for folks getting started or who are already running Log Insight in their environment? Any best practices you can share? Sure, I mean, there's a, there's a few things to keep in mind. Uh, one, in, in regards to clustering, uh, we don't support two node clusters. It's either one node, three nodes plus. So if you want the high availability, you have to have a three-node cluster. Uh, all the things that I'm going to talk about in terms of best practices, they are in our documentation. We have a getting started guide, which is a pretty good place to start. It tells you sizing requirements. It tells you things like three-node clusters, uh, just things to keep in mind as you're deploying them. Uh, another one is don't do geo clusters. Your cluster needs to be in the same data center. We were talking a little bit about architecture. Um, if you have multiple data centers, very common use case, Deploy Log Insight forwarders into each of the data centers. Forward all of your clients to the forwarder and have the forwarder send to a central Log Insight cluster in whatever data center that you care about. Um, a forwarder is just another Log Insight cluster, but it has event forwarding configured. It's an administrative option. Uh, so a forwarder is actually not a worker joined to the cluster. They are separate clusters in Log Insight. Um, but it's very important that all nodes be in the same data center. And in the case of the integrated load balancer, it's very important that all nodes be in the same layer two network. 
Um, otherwise, I mean, the product is pretty simple and easy to use. There aren't uh, a ton of uh, best practices. Of course, core, ser core, core services are always important. Don't forget about your DNS. Don't forget about your NTP. Uh, these need to be set properly or you can run into problems. And the virtual appliance is more of a black box. So make sure you're not tweaking things on the OS level because that can cause issues as well. One common thing that I've seen is that people will uh, edit Etsy hosts. Don't do that. If you do that incorrectly, that can cause all sorts of problems. <laughs> it's 2015. Use DNS. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that does bring up a good point. Um, in terms of configuring networking log insight, you can't do it from the UI, and it's not supported to do it from the CLI. <clears throat> to set the network, you use OVF properties. So when you actually deploy the virtual appliance, it's going to ask you for networking information. You can actually shut down the VM, edit the settings, and change those network parameters if you need. Do not edit it from the CLI. If you do, it can cause problems. If you restart, those changes could be overwritten. Uh, so again, just treat it like a black box and you'll be good. So from a best practices standpoint, what, what happens when you know I've created a 50 gig virtual disk for, for login site you and add more. Uh, it starts getting full up? What do I do then? We have three virtual disks as part of the OVA. There's the root file system. I think it's eight gigabytes, if I recall correctly. You shouldn't be storing files in the root file system, so just leave those eight gigabytes alone. <laughs> what part of appliance do you understand? <laughs> uh, there's a very small one. Uh, it's only like 100 megabytes or something. That's actually our first boot disk. Uh, you won't even see it mounted. Don't worry about that one. Just leave it alone. And then we have the uh, actual disk that's used for, for log insights. Uh, which by default is 100 gigabytes for small nodes and it's 256 gigabytes for medium and large nodes. And you can thin provision that. You can thin provision thin that provision. for sure. Uh, but what I'd note is that that disk will become full. That is normal. Don't worry about it. So let me, let me talk a little bit more about that. So that 100 gig or 256 gig disk is broken up into two partitions. One is storage slash storage slash var. That's where Log Insight writes all of its application logs. If you're gonna generate a support bundle, it's coming from that partition. That partition will not become full. We properly rotate, Log Insight manages that directory. Again, don't write things there, it's for Log Insight. The second one, which is the rest of the space on that disk, is for slash storage slash core. That's really the root of Log Insight. The ingested events, the machine learning information, the configuration, basically everything is stored there. So the retention is based on how much space is available in slash storage slash core. What Log Insight does is it looks at how much space is available, and when it gets very close to full, about 97% full, it starts to delete the oldest logs that were ingested. So it's a first in, first out model. This means that that partition will be 97% full the majority of the time. So you can thin provision it, eventually all that space is gonna be consumed as you're ingesting more log messages, and then once we've reached capacity, Log Insight will clean up the oldest logs, retaining enough space so it never fills up. If you see 100%, that is a problem. That should never happen. That probably means that you wrote something to slash storage slash core and you shouldn't have. Um, but 97% is not a problem. Don't delete, don't add more space. That is completely normal. When would you wanna add more space? Well, what is your retention business requirement? How long do you wanna keep those logs? If you need to keep them for 30 days and Log Insight tells you, hey, I can only retain 20 days, that means you need more space. That means you'd shut down the virtual appliance, you'd add a new virtual disk, don't add space to an existing partition, add a new virtual disk, and power it back up, and Log Insight will take that new disk and expand the LVM volume of slash storage slash core. So now your 97% might go down to 50%. But again, you're gonna Until continue- it goes back up to 97. You're gonna continue ingesting events and you're gonna get back to 97. But keeping your, keeping your required number of days of storage. Correct, but now, keeping I, your retention can I, period. Can I do this on a rotated basis? So I, I have three, three nodes in a high availability cluster. Mm -hmm. Can I start with node one, increase that size, shut that down, do that, bring it back up and go through the other three and not lose any events? That's correct. Because of the high availability, you can take the nodes down one at a time, add your space, bring it back up and you lose nothing. Um, now, we do recommend that all nodes be identical, so if you're going to add space to one node, you should add it to all nodes. Uh, the reason for that has to do with our integrated load balancing. We're doing layer 4 and layer 7 load balancing. That means an event coming in from a client, let's say it sends three events, I have a three-node cluster, it's very likely that each node received one of the events. Right. That means you have to have equal size across your cluster. 
Uh, that the same goes for CPU and memory. Don't deploy like a large master node and then medium worker nodes. Make sure they're all the same across the board. Now, just touching on retention, we talked about best practices a little bit. One of the questions during the initial deploy is where you want to email system notifications, fill that out. Log Insight will tell you when it's having problems by emailing you. If you don't fill out that field, you won't know that you're having problems. One of the things it will tell you is if you're meeting your retention requirements. By default, the retention requirement is set to 30 days. If Log Insight cannot maintain 30 days worth of logs, it'll email you and tell you. Then you have to add more space or adjust your retention period to what you care about. Maybe it's only two weeks, maybe it's 60 days. You can change that in the Log Insight administrative UI and only be notified for when you actually are not meeting the retention period that you care about. What about you know separating roles? Who can look at who can look at specific logs? Gotcha. So uh, by default, the we have local accounts, of course, and the admin uh, the uh, the UI uses an admin user by default. The admin user is actually stored as part of the Log Insight local user information. It's not stored on the OS as part of the virtual appliance. So you won't see admin and slash Etsy slash password. Won't be there. Okay. You also can't Shouldn't log in. Shouldn't be looking there anyway. Shouldn't be looking there anyway. Right, again, black box. <laughs> um, also, you can't log into the UI as root. While root exists on the OS, it does not exist in Log Insight. Again, they're separate entities. Um, so you can create as many local users as you want, or you can go ahead and hook up Active Directory and use Active Directory users and groups. Now, I mentioned that you should really be aggregating all the logs in your data center to get a true core sample of all the events coming in, but maybe you just want your security team to see security logs and your storage team to see storage logs. Exactly. So if you're aggregating everything, how do you do that? Um, well, Log Insight supports role-based access control. So not only can I add users and groups, I can then define what we call data sets. It's basically a set of filters, similar to the event forwarding filters we were talking about earlier, and I can say that these users and groups can only see these filters, maybe these IDs in the case of Windows events, um, maybe certain host names. It's very flexible in terms of filters. And then I can also specify what that user can do within the UI. Maybe I only want managers to be able to run dashboards. I don't want them creating alerts. I can set that permission as well. So role-based access control is really three parts. Data sets, which restricts what the user can see. Um, roles, which define what the user can do once they log in. And then of course, users and groups, which gives you the access that you care about. What about with, uh, the integration with vRealize operations? Yeah, so uh, we mentioned integration with vRops, uh, I mean with vSphere. vRops is another one of the integrations that we offer today. So one common question I get asked is, well, what's the difference between vRops and Log Insight? vRops is really for your structured data. Think performance metrics or capacity planning. Um, that is information that could change between systems, like how you calculate CPU between systems might be different. So <laughs> VROPS has some very rich algorithms to uh, create a baseline and be able to compare that, and then give you basically health badges, efficiency badges, things like that, so you can check the health of your environment. Log Insight looks at the other side of the coin. It looks at unstructured data, typically log messages. And um, it's receiving syslog feeds, ingestion API feeds, and in, in the case of like troubleshooting an issue, like when you engage VMware support, logs or support bundles is where a majority of the, <coughs> excuse me, uh, last mile troubleshooting root cause analysis happen. Right. Um, but the two products, they really complement one another. What we find is that people want a single pane of glass. They want to log into one product and be able to do their troubleshooting and root cause analysis. Uh, VROPS is usually that single pane of glass for customers. So what we did is we offered integration where uh, Log Insight can do a few things. First, it can send alerts to VROPS. So not everything is available through performance metric information. Some of it is only available in log messages, which means Log Insight is the only thing that knows about it. So Log Insight can send an alert for things that it knows about to VROPS. You can, of course, link these notifications to problems, to symptoms, even to remediation actions within VROPS. And so now you can quickly and easily have all the information that you care about within one pane uh, of glass. Not only that, but we support launching contexts. Maybe I drill down and I find out that one of my hypervisors on VROPS is having issues. It's red at the moment. And I'm drilling down and I see that I received a notification event from Log Insight talking about maybe some machine check exception. Um, I could then say, you know what, that sounds bad. Go show me the logs for that. And that's our launching context. It'll take me into Log Insight, 
with a quarry constructed to just look at that object within Log Insight, and I can now quickly and easily drill down into the logs and figure out what's going on. And that launching context works both ways. I could be in Log Insight being like, hey, this error message looks bad. Let me go see how the object health looks in VR Ops. We can launch back the other way as well. Another key bit is our inventory mapping functionality available in VR Ops 6.0 and Log Insight 2.5 and newer. So uh, in the case of uh, syslog events coming in, the events are usually application or OS specific. So the example that I like to use is uh, a Linux event. Maybe I'm getting a Linux event and it's a kernel message. Of course the OS knows about kernel problems, um, but that OS may or may not know that it's virtual. Uh, even if it does know that it's virtual, it has no idea where it is in the environment. What vCenter is it on? What data center? What cluster? What host? The log message, even the OS, doesn't know. So when it comes in, I can see that there's an error in the kernel, but I have no idea if other uh, kernel errors are thrown on other devices or where this is in my environment. VROps knows where that VM lives. It knows everything in vSphere because it integrates very tightly with vSphere. So we actually have inventory mapping between Log Insight and VROps. If you've integrated the two products and a log message comes in from a Linux VM, when we ingest it, we'll tag it with the host, the cluster, the data center, and the vCenter server object that it was on within VROps. So now not only can I tell you I'm receiving kernel error messages from these 10 VMs, I can tell you that all 10 of these VMs are on the same host and it's in this data center on this vCenter server instance. So it really provides you with rich metadata information that you wouldn't otherwise know and that's something that the syslog RFC just wouldn't help you with. So again, very tight, rich integrations between the two. Are people starting to get creative with auto remediation, with taking those events and maybe taking nodes off clusters or migrating VMs or anything like that yet? Yeah, so uh, the VRO question was asked a little while ago of, can I kick off a workflow? This We've seen this done many times. Uh, there are certain log messages that people will look for and they'll know that, all right, well the workaround here is I have to go restart the management services on my hypervisor. Well, that's a remediation step, right? That's a VRO workflow, perhaps. Uh, that's fully supported and we do have uh, plenty of users today that are leveraging it for this use case. We've actually seen some people that use Log Insight as the central alerting mechanism for their environment. They will only let Log Insight do the alerting and they'll only let VROps do the uh, remediation step. So yes, again, because we had that tight integration, we can totally support that use case. So, so tell me this, Steve. I know some people uh, have audits that they have to do for software licensing. Is this a good way that, that people can maybe use that to help them with auditing different licensing? Yeah, so the vSphere logs are very rich. They tell you a lot of useful bits of information. Uh, and, and because we have things like inventory mapping and we have rich vSphere logs, we know where your VMs are and where they went. So if, if we follow up with that Linux example, I have a Linux VM, let's say it's running uh, Oracle, or maybe it's a Windows system running Oracle, doesn't matter. And uh, that comes in and we, we tagged it on the host and the cluster and the vCenter that it's on. Uh, let's say a vMotion operation happens and it moves to a different host, or maybe I even move it to a different vCenter. It doesn't matter, we have cross vCenter vMotion now. Um, once that happens, when the next log message comes in, because the inventory changed, VROps tells Log Insight, and we'll tag it with the new host that it was on. Well, this is kind of critical for things like Oracle that charge you uh, licensing based on the host that you run on in your environment. Well, now I can quickly and easily see which hosts that VM ran on over the last month, and now I have a way of centrally determining what my licensing should be. So yeah, we can support that use case. Now, can you export export those logs so you can provide them to an auditor? Sure, yeah, so we have export capabilities from the UI natively, uh, so you can send that information off uh, and show exactly based on the vSphere logs uh, where this happened. Um, so I do want to circle back uh, for one second back to the agents. Uh, we were talking about new features in 3.0 and I know we talked about the agents a bit, but I didn't actually touch on some of the new features. And personally, I believe this is one of the, the coolest things in 3.0, so I did want to highlight it real quick. Uh, one thing that we added, native SSL support for both syslog and our ingestion API. Uh, Mike will probably be happy because from a security standpoint, <laughs> uh, sending your logs encrypted matter to some people. Some people are sending it over a WAN, some people really? are sending it over the public internet. <laughs> and uh, yes, it's... Uh, I put can, that on the interwebs. We, yeah. we need a t-shirt that says encryption matters. Encryption <laughs> matters, there you go, there you go. So, so we have uh, uh, native SSL support now with the LoginSight 3.0 agent. Not only that, but really the coolest thing I think are these notion of parsers. Uh, the LoginSight UI allows you to extract fields that requires knowing regular expressions. How many people here know regular expressions? Anyone? They're, they're hard to learn. There we go. There's that's a, so that's a no. That's a no. So again, we're talking about usability, ease of use, and <laughs> log insight. 
regular... realize we've just alienated every single Linux user who listens to the podcast. I know. I know. Oh, but hey. Windows guys. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're comfortable with regular expressions, Log Insight supports it. But whether Log Insight supports it or not, it doesn't matter if it's Log Insight or any logging tool, regular expressions are costly. They take a while to run because you can't make them all that efficient. A, you have to know how to write an efficient regex, but B, saying uh, efficient regex is kind of an oxymoron because <laughs> you have to look at the entire message to figure out where it is. You're basically writing parsing rules. Um, so Log Insight actually has keyword indexes and they're really efficient. They're really, really fast. So what we said is, well, what if we could do the parsing client side? What if you have a CSV file and you can tell the agent it's a CSV and here's what the fields are called, send it that way. Well, now we're doing the parsing on the client side and we're ingesting them as what we call static fields in LogInsight instead of extracted fields. Extracted fields happen at query time. So every time I issue a query, I have to look up these regular expressions and I have to figure out which ones match the event and I have to tag them. Static fields happen in ingestion time. I can say, these messages have these fields, build a keyword index for it. So now when I query, I can look at the keyword index, which is infinitely faster. So now I don't have to extract fields in the LogInsight server if I don't want. I don't have to make regular expressions. I don't have to be a regular expression expert and write efficient queries. I can do this all client side. The agents natively support CSV. They natively support key value pairs and they natively support the Apache common log format. So again, very quickly and very easily, I can extract the piece of information that I care about and send that out to the LogInsight server pre-formatted in the best format possible for issuing queries. Now, defining these parsers, you'd have to know the syntax of the agents. So we took it a step further and we said, wouldn't it be cool if the content packs in LogInsight had parsers already included? Well, we did that. All of the Windows content packs were updated in LogInsight 3.0. So they say, as part of the directions, hey, we have an, we call it an agent group. It's an agent configuration. Go apply this to your Windows servers that you want to collect logs from. Then it will gra gather those logs, it will do the client-side parsing, it'll send it to the Log Insight server, and it will efficiently generate your dashboards and alerts for you quickly and easily. The final piece of agents that we added in Log Insight 3.0 is this notion of agent groups. Previously, I could apply a configuration to all agents or no agents. That was as flexible as it was. And I could do this server side, which was really nice. Basically, Log Insight became my configuration management tool. I didn't have to go manage all the client endpoint configurations. I could do it from the Log Insight server. But with agent groups, we took it a step further. We said, tell us filters of the agents that you care about. Maybe I only care about Windows agents. And send this configuration to them. For my Linux agents, send this different configuration. Those are agent groups. So these agent groups are built into our content packs. Here's my Windows Active Directory agent group. Here's my IIS agent group. Here is my Linux agent group. And so now quickly and easily, I can selectively configure the agents that I care about. Maybe for my production servers, I care about Active Directory logs. For my dev test, I don't care. Again, I can define those filters and quickly and easily collect the logs that I care about. So from a query standpoint, can I query all logs from say the Oracle agent group? Sure, yep. So uh, again, the, the agent groups themselves, they have metadata. So one of those pieces of information is the file path. So Oracle logs would be in the Oracle directory. So I can quickly search for that. Or the agent configurations support the notion of tags. I could literally add a tag that says product equals Oracle. And now I could just search for in the UI product contains Oracle and I'll get the results just from my Oracle device. Sweet. So Steve, you have, you have given us a mother load of information. Give us like the top, you know, three to three to five minute, you know, things that you really want folks to understand about Log Insight and its capabilities and how you could use it. So I, the biggest thing for me is Log Insight is for all unstructured data anywhere, right? It's more than just VMware. It's way more than just vSphere. So it's very critical that you're collecting logs for your network devices, your storage devices, your application logs, your physical devices, all of it. Log Insight should really be the aggregation of all logs within your entire environment. If you have a security team that uses their own tool, a networking team that uses their own tool, use event forwarding. And that, then show them how to do it in Log Insight. And then show them how to do it in Log Insight. Give them access to, to try the queries in Log Insight, but if they want to continue using their tool, that's absolutely fine. Um, there are a few things around reference architectures, like no, knowing forwarders versus a, a cluster and how to configure them. Uh, again, this is, this is written in the documentation pretty clearly. Make sure you check the Getting Started Guide. It'll help you with sizing and, and scale requirements uh, for your use cases. 
and really look at the content packs. Uh, content is king, right? It, it does the work for you. It finds the needle in the haystack for you. So leverage them. If you don't see a content pack, start forwarding the logs to Log Insight and start constructing some queries yourself or reach out to loginsight.vmware.com. We have a content pack section. You can actually request content packs uh, and we can help prioritize and get them published. Maybe you want to see an enhancement. Maybe you see a bug. Get involved in the loginsight.vmware.com community. Uh, vote for your features, suggest your features. It's a quick and easy way to see the direction and what future versions are gonna come out. And definitely try out the, the tech preview versions um, as they come out because this is, the, this is the way to see the direction of the product and to provide your feedback. We are actively listening. We want to hear if this is solving your problems, if it's implemented the way that you want. Uh, we can uh, provide access to mock-ups in the future direction. Uh, lots of lots of great stuff. Now, Steve, you are you're here at VMworld, and I understand you have a couple sessions here. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely assisting with a ton of things. I'll, I'll be in the expert lounge. I think it's on Tuesday, um, helping out with Bill Roth. Uh, there's also a Log Insight panel that I'll be participating in, which actually is going to give uh, some customer use cases of Log Insight. I'll be doing a few <coughs> brown bags on Log Insight. Uh, so I'm basically going to be all over all over the conference. All right. So, fo so folks who aren't at, aren't at VMworld, make sure you check out the V Brown Bags on YouTube or either the live stream or after the show, as well as the, the panel discussion that will should be recorded um, and available after the show. Um, you know, speaking of community, you're very heavily involved in the community. So tell folks how they can reach you and read more about what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, there's a, two main ways. Uh, I have a blog, sflanders.net. Uh, if you want log insight specific stuff, sflanders.net slash log hyphen insight. Uh, literally, I have everything broken up by the different components. It's both my posts as well as community posts, as well as Twitter information, as well as videos. So I try to aggregate all that information for uh, everyone. Uh, not only that, but on Twitter, uh, I talk a lot about log insight. I'm very active in the um, uh, VM log insights Twitter handle and uh, always posting content there. Uh, those are probably the best two ways to get a hold of me or find me at VMworld and I'd love to sync up. Or your local VMUG. You do a lot local, of VMUGs yeah, as well. VMUGs as well, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, Steve, on behalf of me and, and all the guys here, thanks, th thanks, thanks to you for joining us and talking about LogInsight 3.0. Thanks to Mike, Harry, Brian, and uh, Kyle for joining us today. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much thanks for having so me. Much. Welcome to the VMware. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Hey, this is Mike Foley in for Ryan Johnson at VMworld 2015. I need Barcelona. the I need the I need the intro, right? So this is like a great blooper reel. This is exactly gonna be at the end of the end of it. Hey, somebody's gotta add something about that. Miss you, William. Free William! Hey, my no. No. Wait, wait, wait. What's the sound of the mic drop? It sounds like that. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.